Welcome to Design Much with Andy and Patrick. Well, hello, Andy. Hey, Clarice. How you doing? <laughs> welcome, welcome to the Design Much podcast, Andy. Thank you, Patrick. Um, last week was Thanksgiving, right? That's right. In, in the United States. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but more importantly than Thanksgiving, something else happened. Some mega big thing happened over the weekend. Did you hear about this? Uh, Black Friday? <laughs> no, not Black Friday. <laughs> okay, so th- other than Thanksgiving, other than Black Friday, something else was released to the public. I assume, I, I, I'm really hoping that you participated in this. Hmm. I can't remember what this big was. Big blockbuster movie came out. Oh, Frozen 2? Yeah. That was released before Thanksgiving week. Was it before? So yeah, man. Really that was like know. two weeks ago. No. Yeah. You're lying. I thought it was last week. No. Like Wednesday of last week, I thought. No, it was before that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, let's just keep arguing about it. <laughs> no, I promise, man. It came it out the last 22nd. Wednesday. The 22nd. Like, oh, you got it down. What time, yeah, I'm pretty sure. What time of day did it come out? 7 o'clock on the 22nd. <laughs> <laughs> What do you think? What do you think? <laughs> if you can see Eddie's face, his indignant face right now, <laughs> idiot. <laughs> Just like every movie. <laughs> did you see it? I did see it, Patrick. Yeah? What yeah. was your favorite part? Uh, my favorite part. Hmm. You know, I liked the first Elsa song. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what it's called. Into the Unknown. Yes. I haven't seen it, by the way. Okay, really? I've heard okay. the soundtrack you know, at least 12,000 times. but That's my favorite song of the whole thing. That was a great song. Really? Yeah. The Into the Unknown song? Absolutely. Ah, that song? <laughs> my daughters have been singing <laughs> that, that stupid tune all t- the whole time. It's been great. Uh, what about the uh, the Air Supply song, The uh, End of the Woods? That song, okay, I had a problem with that song. Oh, here we go. It sounded like a, a 90s rock ballad. Yeah. But it, it, it's supposed it, to. But it seemed like they're like kind of playing it off like a joke, but then at the same time it wasn't a joke. So I wasn't really sure what was going it on. It wasn't enough on the, like it wasn't sarcastic enough to be yeah, funny. But it but still it was, was super yeah. cheesy. Hmm. I didn't see the movie, so I don't know how it's. I've just I've just heard the recordings. Okay. And to me, I don't. To, I would kind of agree though. In the in the recording, it just seems like it's a <laughs> cheesy song, but not like. No, the, the I visuals, like laugh, the visuals know? are equally as cheesy, but they seemed like they were taking it seriously. Hmm. So I, I, I could be just viewing it wrong. I just, I didn't get that part. It did not fit with the movie for me. Yeah, that's a weird balance. Hmm. Did you like the Olaf? Did you like the Olaf in the movie? I liked the Olaf. The yeah. Olaf is the best part. <laughs> no, I haven't even seen the he movie. Was, uh, <laughs> he was, I think, even more jokey than last time. And yeah? He, and I saw it like... You know, a movie theater full of children. Mm-hmm. Every time he was on and doing his antics, they freaked out. Yeah. They were laughing like crazy. Just running around, yeah. pants on fire, <laughs> exactly. just going nuts. <laughs> so he was a hit. He's always sure. my favorite. I get rid of the rest of them, just do an Olaf show. Is he your favorite? Yeah. I think Anna's my favorite. Really? Yeah. I think it's Anna? a great character. She's a good character. I mean, I've only seen Frozen 1, so I don't know what she's like in Frozen 2. Yeah. I would. I would. Uh, I think she's a better character than Elsa, though. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. she is in both of the movies. She has yeah. a way better uh, story arc in the second yeah. one, too. Oh, really? Yeah. Do her and Kristoff get married? I'm not going to say or anything. Like I'm not going to be part of this, Patrick. Oh. Hmm. 
you should go watch the film and find out yourself. I think I already know. Do you? Yeah, I think I already know exactly what happens. Um. Anyway, well, that's good to know. I'm. I'm I was. I was pretty sure you saw that, and I was pretty sure it came out last week. But <laughs> <laughs> sorry, man. We could have talked about Frozen Two, the previous, <laughs> yeah, previous podcast. We could have. Okay, <laughs> what's our uh, what's our topic? Is this that's what's our design topic of the day? What's our design topic? Design topic of the podcast. Our design topic, Patrick, of the podcast comes from a listener called <laughs> named Jacob Yates. <laughs> a listener called. I think is I think a listener called, called <laughs> Jello. Jacob, what? Oh, I'm doing great. Jacob Yates. Jacob Yates. Yes. And Hi, Jacob Yates. Jacob wants to know the benefits of various design tracks. So specializing, staying general, management, et cetera. Ooh. So what are the benefits of those different What are the benefits? Tracks? Yeah. The benefits of the different tracks or the benefits of... So we, he, he put in specializing, staying generalist. So, so specializing, generalism, mm-hmm. generalist management and then etc i don't know what the etc track would would include but uh um yeah specializing uh generalization or management should we keep this in the realm of our our expertise like in the product design ux world yeah i think that would be best okay um i don't know what let's let's start with uh the benefits of specializing first yeah and i think um, I guess we can kind of talk about what those specializations could be, like what yeah. that actually means. And I think like you could actually specialize, for example, in research. Yeah. You could just be a, a UX researcher and you just very much specialize in that and that's all you do. You're not doing mm-hmm. wireframes. You're not doing high fidelity design. Um, you're just um, doing discovery and testing, stuff like that. I was thinking too, information architecture is a specialization. Uh, yeah. I would say now, so. Now, well, I guess we'll talk about the benefits, but yeah. Uh, IA is is one of those. Mm-hmm. I feel like UX is a specialty. I know we use UX as in a broad term, yeah. but if you look at UX as in people centered around, because because at, at companies you can be like, I'm a we have a research department, and then we have like a UX department that kind of does the the ideation wireframey like the higher level experience mm-hmm. design. That's kind of when I. If I think of specializing in UX, that's what I would do. Okay. Probably not somebody who does deep UI or visual design. Yeah. Yeah, they'll hand it off to the UI designer to do that. And then like a UI graphic designer would be Mm -hmm. another one, right? I do. As far as like testing, if I'm going through the design process on a high level, you come back around to research at the end there. Yeah, so I think it's still that researcher doing that. Those are the. Uh, is there any more? There's got to be some we're missing that you could throw in there. There's probably some offshoots of any of these, but. Mm-hmm. Um. I also yeah. wonder um, because because he has like staying general. He also has management as yeah. one track. I also wonder if um, principal design counts as one as well. And I don't know if that's a specialization or not. Well, kind of more like a like a like a. I want to think in terms of more like a direction. Okay. Director. Okay. Sorry, I said the wrong word. More of a director. Like a like more of a director mentor type in specialization. Okay. 
Like, yeah, you yeah. have creative directors and agencies in more of a creative environment, right? Mm-hmm. And they don't necessarily produce as individual contributors a lot of times, but they do direct. They don't necessarily manage, though. Yeah. They're, they're more directing the whole, how, how do you put this? Like, the, the whole output, right, of yeah. the 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 product or the design itself. And the creative direction and the product direction. Exactly. Versus yeah. the management is managing the, the people, the team, mm-hmm. and making sure they're able to do their and, jobs. And, yeah, one of the one of the ones in management, you, you see a lot more of these UX managers popping up. I see a lot more of these popping up lately, uh, roles, like individual roles as UX managers okay. on teams. The other one that, oh. I, that I just thought of is, uh, and this one probably doesn't happen too much in the Utah area here, but the... the uh, the design ops, hmm. like the design operations role. Okay, that would be more of a specialization, or or like a like a uh, systems systems designer, like a design systems designer. Oh yeah, yeah. That, that would I'd kind of lump those two together, maybe. Yeah. Is that is that a good? good I think I think those are some some specialists. Two, three, right? Four, five, six, seven. That's seven. Seven. We got seven. Lots of choices, Patrick. <clears throat> yeah. So, what are the benefits of specializing in any of these 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 pieces? And I think, um, as a specialist, you can either you can be a broad UX designer, but have like a lot of skill in one of these areas, mm-hmm. um, or you could just say, "I just do this. I just do UX research. That's all I do, and I don't want to be doing anything else." Right? Yeah. Um, and I think what he means is literally specializing in one of those and just doing one. Um, and that, of course the benefits there are like your job is very focused. Mm-hmm. You're going to be, you have an opportunity to be really good at this one thing. And so you're looking for roles that are just doing this one thing versus being a designer that's wearing all of these hats. Yeah. Right. Which is yeah. definitely more typical of a smaller company. And as those designers are expected to do all of these things. Yeah, I, I think I think you have more time to go deeper into the craft of each one of these things as a specialist, mm-hmm. and especially from a practical standpoint. So applying applying the craft to the real world in that area and really diving deep into it, I think that's where that's the in my mind, like you said, I think that's the biggest benefit. Yeah, of being a specialist. I think a con there would be you are kind of in that box. Yeah. And when you're looking for work, it's going to be harder to find yeah. just UX research work. Yeah. Depending on probably where you are, if you're in a place, maybe you're in San Francisco or something, there's probably a lot of opportunity there. Yeah. Um, if you're a place in Utah, there's probably less companies that are looking for just mm-hmm. re- researchers. I think that's a big difference between the specialists, because I think we've talked about this. I think I've talked with people about this. Specializing versus general, one of the biggest things is the the uh, place where you live. <laughs> yeah. Because I think uh, there's all these little tech hubs, right, popping up all over, and they're all called Silicon something, and it's all mm-hmm. dumb, and we hate all those <laughs> names. But, um, but yeah, like if you're in a if you're in a bigger place with bigger companies, specialization makes more sense. At, yeah. At that level, but in Utah, there's the, like 98 percent of us in Utah are startups, and 98 per, 98% of the 98% of startups are probably less than 100 people at their company. Mm-hmm. That's the entire company. So you're talking about one or two UX designers. There's no there's no chance you're going to specialize at all in any of those places. Yeah. You're going to have to wear a ton of hats. Yeah. So I think it de- it really does depend on your environment a lot that way. But yeah, you're in Seattle. Uh, 
you know, working for, uh, I don't know, Amazon, uh, <laughs> <laughs> like you probably have an opportunity to specialize. Yes. I think the other benefit of specializing, though, if, if you specialize, and I, this may not be so true, uh, I'd have to do a little bit more research, but the from like observational, I think salaries are probably a little higher in some of these specializations because okay. of the craft. Okay. But again, that would be because that would be you're also working at probably larger organizations as well. Yeah. So I've heard people talk about this on Twitter and stuff as far as the one of the benefits of specializing is that if you don't want to go into management as a designer, specializing is the way to make more money as an individual contributor. But I think that would also require you to move to a location where that exists, where that, where that party's happening. That makes sense. Yeah. That's really interesting. That that would be one benefit, but in Utah, I don't think it's going to go real well. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I think you're going to, I think you're going to be like, yeah, we, we're going to hire UX. Like there's people here, like, uh, they're hiring, there's companies here that are hiring UX researchers. But then when you talk to, like their directors and their managers who are hiring those people, like it's a little bit more than just user research. Like there's some AI and some UX work in there mm-hmm. that they're requiring as well. Yeah. And then a lot of times, yeah, you, you want to be just a UI graphic designer on a product. A lot of times there's going to be, there's going to be a lot of UX work definitely involved in that around here. So it's like, yeah, I don't, I don't think you can totally specialize here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So that's, that's definitely going to be an issue. I think if you're trying to go with that track, yeah. Um, great. So I think that probably covers specializing, right? Yeah. Benefits of specializing. So moving on, what are the benefits to staying general? There is none. There's no benefits. There's no benefits to staying general. Yeah. There's you, none, Andy. You, you want to speak to that? Why, why all, is that, Patrick? We're all screwed. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think there's I think there's the benefits to staying general. Um, I think the biggest one is the job market because I, I think you do – you open yourself up to more possibilities and jobs and more areas mm-hmm. to live and that kind of thing as a generalist. Yeah. I think that would I think that would apply around the entire world in any tech in any design firm. I think the more you know about other things, um, even if it's high level, I think you can you can you can demand a better job. Yeah. Definitely. I think one of the benefits um, would be and and this is something because my career I've always been the general like I've always you know I haven't just done research I haven't just done the UX I've always been you know doing that whole range um, for my projects um, and I think one of the benefits there is you get a really good understanding of what's going on with the entire project there's mm-hmm. not a lot of you know playing that game of telephone where the researcher is um, telling the UI designer what's going on, and the UI designer interprets that and then designs something, and then yeah. and then it, you know goes back to the researcher and <laughs> and then like so like some of that information might get lost <clears throat> right along mm-hmm. the way. So there's a lot less documentation that way too. Yeah, yeah. So you you know from beginning to end what's what's going on with the project, what's going on with the interface, what's going on with the user, right? And um, you're able to better communicate that too as a designer and facilitate that. Yeah, we've we've along that same lines too. I like that you bring that up because we've talked about this before. As far as like decision making, um, if the, one of the benefits to being a generalist is you get to make the decisions across the entire design process. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're a specialist, 
Um, like you're a specialist in AI. Like you, you, maybe you run your thing, you do your test, you say this is how we should do the navigation, and you present the solution, and then it gets handed to a UXer or a UI person, and they destroy it because they got to make their decision, right? Yeah. The end product might not be reflective of your work. Yep. And I think that that can be very difficult as a designer when you want to see your work be fulfilled. You want to see it like, oh yeah, that's I did that right. Mm-hmm. Versus like, I think that could that can open up. Uh, like you make the best decisions, and you know you're doing the best work that you can, but you don't actually control the outcome as much. Yeah, as you can as a generalist. I think a generalist you can control the outcome a lot more. Definitely. Yeah, that's a great point. Big con to being a generalist, though, is I don't think you ever get real good at any of them. Yeah, and it kind of goes to your point before, like you don't get to go very deep in the craft of each of those. Yeah. Because you are expected to do all of them, you have to stay very top level to get your projects out there, right? Yeah, and and this, I think, you, we always, we've had this debate, too, before. Everybody has this debate about, like, agency designers being really good graphic designers and product designers sucking at graphic design and, <laughs> like, all yeah. that stuff and why products suck and they visually are horrible and all that stuff. I think a lot of it, I think a lot of it is just the environment, but I think one major thing is visual design takes a lot of practice. Mm-hmm. And as a generalist, you don't really get to practice visual design as much as somebody else would. That's very true. And so I, th- I think, like, even, I mean, I've been doing this 10 years, and I think I'm still a really poor visual designer. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it's hard to get better at it when you're not doing it constantly. Yeah. You know, it's just one of those things. It's not like it's not like riding a bicycle. It's it's different than that, right? Like, it's not a skill you learn and then you've got it. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think the other specialties, I think research is a little bit more nuanced, like visual design as well. I think to be a really good researcher, you just have to do it a lot. Yeah. Um, but I think AI and more of your traditional UX and like your management side and then your like systems design specialties, I think those are more um, practice driven and process driven crafts rather than, you know, rather than in context type mm-hmm. stuff. And so I think those are easier to those are easier to master. Yeah. But I think visual design, like it's not ten thousand hours, it's it's a billion hours. Like it's and to it's become like, a master visual designer, it's like continuous. it's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Like it's so hard to like keep up with new trends and understanding like what actually makes sense, what yeah. doesn't make sense, what when looks you, good, what you doesn't. take when you don't do it, you take you take a step back too. It's you don't retain it either. Yeah. Like if you don't do it for a year, you kinda lose it. I feel like it's kind of like like photography in a way. Like really good photographers are the ones that constantly do it mm-hmm. all the time. If they take a break, then it's like they gotta have they kind of have to relearn visually how things work. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think know. like it also just takes a lot of time. Like when I was doing like more creative work earlier in my career, it like took me a lot of time to design something. Yeah. Um, like because the creative process is difficult, where you're doing all that research and you're doing so many different iterations mm-hmm. um that's just like a, a full-time thing and that could take a lot so yeah that's why like if you ever if you talk to like a junior designer and they're like i want to be the best visual designer ever and you're like well don't work here <laughs> like <laughs> go work at an agency go work at some place where you're actually going to apply those skills yeah every true. minute of every day yeah you know like the majority of their work is doing that and so it's like i i would i would move somebody that way Right. Mm-hmm. Even though even like, but that's an interesting thing though. Cause when you think about it, if you were, 
if you work at a SaaS company like we do, um, your product's different and it's bigger and it involves a lot. It's more complex. If you go to an agency, usually the usually the work is more agency or agency agency. If you go to work in an agency, the work is more client based. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit smaller. There's lots of complexity to it, but there's more time built into work on visual because you're working with a brand. Yeah, and so I think even a generalist at an agency will be a way better visual designer mm-hmm. working there three years than they would be working at. Uh, a SaaS company for three years. Yeah, and I and I, I'm gonna take a wild guess, um, and I know we're, we're gonna probably have to come back to this in a second. But Jacob posed this question um, to understand what sort of track you want to go on as a designer, right? Mm-hmm. Like what what fulfills you, what interests you the most, and like what you were saying, um, if if you really like um, if you really like being a part of the whole process, you should be a general, right? If you really like the creative side of things and um, making beautiful visuals, you should probably specialize in something where, yeah. yeah, you're doing that that UI or graphic design, and you could be not really working at SaaS or not really working at like, um, I don't know, I, not really working in SaaS, but probably working like what you said for agency work. So you're doing a ton of that. So um, yeah, this is this is a really interesting question. So you can kind of understand where where you think you want to go. What would be best for you as a designer yeah um so it might come back to that a little bit more but i guess the next step i think would be talking about management mm-hmm. so i can't speak too much to this patrick but what are the benefits to you in terms of you know going for that management track? the benefits of management yeah are there benefits to you management? tell me man. <laughs> <laughs> uh i think the biggest benefit i mean this is just me this is just, I mean, I'm not, I've only been a manager for two or three years. Okay. Like managing people. Mm-hmm. I The biggest benefit to me is the impact uh, is is uh, watching your team grow and seeing them, seeing them become better. That, that to me has always been the biggest benefit of the job was, was hiring somebody and then uh, let's, let's say you hired a guy. Mm-hmm. His name was uh, Shandy. You hired him, and two, two, <laughs> two, uh, two year, two and a half years later, he 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 leaves you and goes to another job. Uh-huh. Um, but you see his impact being made when he's like, you know, like there's the growth of that, right? Yeah. Like you see, you see that he's a better designer person in general because of hopefully efforts you've made building a team to support the growth of that person, right? Okay. I, I, that's hard to explain. The dumb one is you use the garden analogy. It's like where it's like you, you the, the benefit of being a manager is that you get to watch your plants grow, right? Okay. And you get to see them grow, and then eventually they, they die and wither away. But you enjoyed that experience. <laughs> so. And then you just replant new ones, and you do it again. And with her away. I think that's the benefit. I think that's <laughs> like personally, that's the real benefit of management. I know there is monetary benefit depending on where you go in mm-hmm. management, but um, yeah, it, it depends. I I wouldn't say management necessarily gives you more ownership, which I think a lot of people think is a benefit of management. I think if you're the type of person who thinks you're going to get more ownership from management, you're probably going to be a manager that nobody wants to work for. Hmm. Uh, because I think the, I think 
I think if you're if you're looking at it as the benefit of management is I can design my own team and I can grow it, then you're you're not it has nothing to do with ownership at that point. You're, okay. you're letting your you're letting your plants grow by themselves. Yeah. Right? You're basically facilitating designers to do yeah. their job best, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, no, that makes sense. I think the other benefit of management um, that I see is that you get to work with a lot of different people hmm. and different personalities, and you get to know people better than you would the other way. Like if if you're if you just do individual con- contribution as a designer versus being a design manager, if you like working with people and you enjoy getting to know them, um, then I think management has a huge benefit that way. Okay. Uh, if not, I think, yeah, if you're, if you're more of the type of person that, that just wants to, you know, not be around too many people all the time, <laughs> <laughs> then maybe you should stay being an individual contributor. Or, or maybe you shouldn't be a designer. <laughs> or, yeah. <laughs> maybe you should uh, yeah, go to something else. Um, or, like, I think... I think that's where we could talk about like the director role or like a principal or mm-hmm. that that kind of role more cuz I think that role is more of like the the benefit of that role would be you kind of get to mentor and get to know people on the team without dealing with their actual problems, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like hey, this person's uh, you know, girlfriend just broke up with them last night. That's why they're not here. That this person's having family trouble. That's why they can't be here all the time. Mm-hmm. Like management has to deal with those. And I think the benefit of that is you really get to know these people. Yeah. But the con to that is that you have to continue to manage a, <clears throat> you still have to continue to push for business goals in spite of what's happening. And the mm-hmm. benefit of the director, I think that way, like more of a creative director or principal role would be that you still get to know people. Like if you like that, if you enjoy that, you still get to know them, but you don't have to necessarily deal with their personal lives. Yeah. Or them demanding money all the time or anything <laughs> like that. So, yeah, you're more like you're you're guiding them in design, right? Yeah. You're helping you're dealing with their design problems yeah. and helping them grow. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. So I think I think management has that too, but I think you're I think it's just a different perspective. You still have to there's just more baggage with management that you gotta deal with. Yeah. The other thing with management that I think uh, that that uh, depending on how you look at it can be a pro or a con is you get to deal with you get to work with other departments more than you would as an individual contributor. And I've I've actually enjoyed that, even though I'm not good at it, but I've actually enjoyed working with other department heads and things like that to like learn how they do stuff and like how do I communicate with them and what what are they in charge of and what do they work on and what does their team do and how does my team interact with their team mm-hmm. and you get to see more of the business side of it as a manager and I think that can be it I think that can be a big benefit if you like if you're a designer who's more interested in the business side of things I would probably probably encourage you to go more that way than than the individual contributor role okay even though I know, you know, your spools and all these people are out there touting like, well, you got to know business to be a designer. I don't think you do. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, I think, you're usually paired I think if you want to focus, you should you should go into more management where you can yeah. actually apply those skills. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Great. And so what would you say for, um, for a designer that is, you know, loving their job in terms of what they do? Maybe it's a general designer um, and they're trying to consider if they want to go from you know, doing their design job where they're fulfilled, you know, 
being able to go and do that design process to work with others and um, you know create solutions for their users. Um, what is their next step in terms of should do they want to go the principal route or the management route? Um, because as a manager, you're not really doing that that sort of design anymore, right? Like you're not really doing yeah, like not as much. Um, I mean, depending on the situation, you might be okay. Like in a weird player coach thing where you're still contributing, mm-hmm. and that can be difficult in and of itself, especially if the team is large. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think I think the big thing for me is, um, do they enjoy working with people? Okay. And I know that sounds weird, but like, because as a designer, like you should enjoy working with people, but you don't. That's why you're a designer because you wanna, <laughs> you wanna use your computer to design things. You don't wanna for people, sure. Yeah. But if you enjoy, it, like, let's just say, uh, if you enjoy coming to work and talking to other human beings at work, like you might, you might want to go into the more of the management role. But if you're the type of designer that, uh, the type of designer that wants to come to work and put my headphones on and get in a creative zone, mm-hmm. then you're probably more likely to be a better principal designer, okay. I would imagine. Okay. Like depending, and there's nothing wrong with either one of those. Yeah, of course. But like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. If you're the type of person that wants to control people or uh, own human beings, you shouldn't, you should just go, you should just go home. Don't, don't worry about it. Don't do any of these. Just, just go home and put in your two weeks, reevaluate your life. Cause I think, I think you're wrong. And if you're a person that's like a ladder climber type of person, Uh uh, please don't be a manager. We've had too many of those people become managers. Like, figure out a better way to ladder climb. Go somewhere else. Uh, find another company that you can you can go into more specialization and stuff because nobody, nobody needs people like that being their manager. Yeah. Throwing people under the bus, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, we, yeah, definitely be a go, – go about these tracks doing it the right way, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, don't just see management as dollar signs and power. Yeah. Please don't. <laughs> I, I see management more as uh, as as uh, what I've learned in management that I think applies better, and I, I've seen more success with people is when you're their like servant. I know you hear like the servant leadership type thing. Mm-hmm. I think that's what it is, but I would say get rid of the leadership part. Like <laughs> just just be the servant. Just like try to help them be better. Yeah, and don't worry so much about. Uh, all the other crap, you know. I don't know. No, I think that, that's pro tip right there. I think that makes also, sense. don't read management books; they're all full of shit. <laughs> really, I, I was waiting for your management book. Oh, to my come management. Out, okay, can we can we do a sneak peek of my management? <laughs> yeah, let's book? do it. <laughs> it's three hundred and twenty-seven pages. I'm I'm finishing it up. Maybe tonight. <laughs> I might finish it up tonight, Andy. <laughs> It's going to be called The Greatest Management Book of All Time. Oh, okay. I thought it was so going to be like, Somehow I Manage. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it's The Greatest Management Book of All Time. And um, it will just have this. It'll start out. The, the first sentence on the first page will just simply say, Treat people like human beings. <laughs> and then the rest of the 326 pages will just be the rearranging of that sentence. Hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. And then eventually, once you get to the end of the book, you'll realize that you're working with people and not employees. Yeah. And then you'll be a good manager. There you go. 
327 pages of that. Yep. I'm excited. And you don't have to read the whole thing. Just <laughs> when you get to a point where you understand it clearly. <laughs> you don't have to read any of it. Just pay Patrick for it and put it on your shelf next to yeah. your other design books. <laughs> yeah. And you'll look awesome. <laughs> Did we wrap this one up? I think, I think so. that's pretty good, right? Yeah. Okay, man. What are you going to do now? Um, what are you doing this evening? What are, am I doing this what evening? Are you, <laughs> what? You're going to leave here. What's going to happen? Before I leave here, Patrick. Before you leave here. I'm going to tell, <laughs> tell our audience. We're going to wrap this episode up yeah. first. And tell them, uh, go to iTunes and give us a, a good rating. Oh, yeah. We forget to do this all we, the time. We never do this. I forget and, to do this all the and, time. And also, uh, <laughs> send us your topics. Yeah. Send us some sweet, juicy topics at yep. um, sweet and juicy topics at designmuch.org org or org. <laughs> we bought both domains, so <laughs> we'll redirect. Don't worry about it. <laughs> this is why you usually do this, <laughs> or hashtag us on any social media platform. Yeah. Unless it's TikTok. We're not on TikTok, are we? I'm not on TikTok. I don't, TikTok. I don't know what any of the things are anymore. Um, yeah, hashtag design much topics. Yeah. With an S or a Z. It's up to you. <laughs> uh, and then <laughs> and then send us your topics or just send them directly to us somehow. Like LinkedIn, uh, Facebook. Andy's on Facebook. Whatever. Like send us some topics. Pigeon. You could send them Pigeon if you wanted to. Yeah. Raven, crow, whatever. Uh, I don't accept crows, but yeah. You don't accept crows? I'm fine with ravens. You're more of a raven guy. Yeah, Yeah. crows are bad luck. Yeah, I think they're the same bird, Andy, but that's another topic (laughs) for a different day. Um, (laughs) um, Yeah, yeah, so we need more topics. We we just dipped under 400, so we we like to stay over 400 topics on our spreadsheet, or I mean our machine. When we just dipped under, we just went to 399, right? Yeah. So we want to get that back up. Ravens are not the same as crows. <laughs> I just googled it. They're not the same. There's a YouTube video called they... Ravens versus Crows. They're different. No. How they tell the difference between a raven and a crow? Right. I don't believe you. I don't believe your internet. They have two different ravens. Names. Um, they're here's both here's black what I'm gonna birds. Search. Ravens aren't different <laughs> than crows. Because I guarantee you, I can find another. I can find for for every ten YouTube videos you can find that say they're different. I can find ten more that say they're the same. And just just as like when you remember when you're trying to do that, the Earth is round bullshit on me. Yeah. <laughs> I still haven't won and that. I was argument like, yet. I was like, nope. Here's here's a hundred YouTube videos with proof that the Earth is straight up flat like a record, <laughs> and is floating through space on the back of a turtle. Ravens aren't different than crows. How to tell a raven from a crow? <laughs> There's no difference. <laughs> this article just goes, "Ha There's no difference." No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you mean the thing that you just inputted into Wikipedia? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, blackbirds may belong to the same family and look similar in some ways, but several distinct traits. If they were distinct, we would be able to know. That's a bad choice of words. It should say, "But several traits help set them apart." Because if they were distinct, one of them had yellow feathers or something, right? Sure. This is like the crocodile versus the alligator. 
and the the alligator has more of a round snout on yeah. the front. The uh, crocodile has a sharper snout, if I remember this correctly. I think it might be the opposite. And crocodiles have zipper teeth because their teeth overlap each other and don't yeah. go into their mouths. Whereas alligators, they can hide all their teeth. Hmm. Same with crows. Crows have zipper teeth. Yes, yes. And ravens don't have zipper <laughs> teeth. <laughs> no, of course they're different. Yeah, they have two different names. They're totally different, Patrick. I know they're different. I was just trying to stir up the pot. Blackbirds don't all look the same. I was just trying to get our audience all riled up about stuff. So I wanted to say something really controversial. Yeah. We're going to get so, so much that, hate mail for this yeah, one. Yeah, so Twitter would blow up. Oh, like man. Design Twitter would be talking about ravens and crows all day tomorrow. <laughs> okay. Oh, you can buy a t-shirt at threadless.com slash design much. Um, I don't think that's it. Let's look and see, Patrick. <laughs> We're so good at this. It's a good guess, though. Like, if you... If you <laughs> If you Googled that, it would probably show up, right? Threadless. <laughs> Design much. Oh, man. We're put together, man. This yeah, is, we know what's going great. on. <laughs> threadless. I think Threadless is it's down. It's designmuch.threadless.com. Oh, it's a subdomain, not a, not a slash. Yes, sir. Designmuch.threadless.com. Go grab a T-shirt. They're black. They're black like a crow. And like a raven. They're not like a raven. Yes, they are. The t-shirt's way different than a raven. I guess so. Would you rather be a raven or a crow? I would rather be a raven. Yeah? Yeah. Raven does seem like uh, scarier somehow. Really? Yeah. Or like more, I'm trying to think of the word, like. Crow, crows seem like the type of bird. They're, are crows the ones that are like out in the parking lot trying to steal your bread at like Yellowstone? Crows are the ones Versus that show like, up when everything dies. No, that's a vulture. Vultures show up, but crows do too. Do crows show up for death? I think so. Yeah. You always hear their, their squawk. But ravens seem scarier than crows. Raven is, that's what's in Edgar Allan Poe's. Yeah, maybe that's why. Yeah. That's why they're, they're cooler than crows. I quote the raven. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Andy. Let's tie this one off. Bye, bye, Andy. <laughs> See you, <ya>, Patrick. <laughs>